0: hi i'm cody elaine oliver i created the popular black love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of black people in media and entertainment in happy loving relationships we were actually being told there was a black marriage crisis so i asked black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work and after more than 200 interviews i've heard it all so buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves this is black love the interviews When Tommy and I sat down with Viola Davis and Julius Tennant in 2016, we were only a year and a half into our marriage and about 40 interviews in. We had learned a lot from several couples. But one of the things that stands out to me about this interview, one of the things I absolutely loved was Viola and Julius's first date and how Julius, could have been perceived as off-putting in as very clear as he was with his interest in Viola and it just struck me as interesting because often we are wrapped up in what we expect that first date to be like you know the who's playing hard to get and who's corny or whatever and listen to how viola talks about him calling her back to back times the night after their first date that is really the beginning of such a beautiful relationship because of his transparency and his emotions. As with a lot of the interviews that we did for the first season of Black Love and beyond, you know, we're, we're always looking for any insights and advice into how to make a marriage work. Viola and Julius's views on responsibility and working on yourself to see if you are the problem in your past relationships. Honestly, their whole outlook on what it takes to be committed in marriage is what makes their interview one I will always remember. Okay, enough of me. Let's get on to Viola and Julius.
1: LA, New York, Rhode Island, everywhere I went, I was like the lonely girl. I had no idea how to meet men. I had no idea how to keep them. I had no idea how to choose them. Um, And it's like someone said, a friend of mine said, you know, if I were a dude, I would never step to you because you look like you can take care of yourself. I was just a lone wolf too. Just everything associated with having a life where you would be alone. I had all the elements in place. And so before I met Julius, I I almost felt, I almost was getting to the place where I was okay with it, to tell you the truth. Not really okay, you know, if I were to really do soul searching at the time, I didn't really want to be alone, but I didn't know what else to do to not be alone except to fix myself and wait, (laughs) wait. That's it. I had been doing the work. I had been doing the emotional work. I wanted someone who loved me. I wanted someone who was emotionally available. I felt like with my previous relationships, no matter what other great qualities the man had, if he didn't have access to his emotions, everything else was a wash. So I wanted someone who was emotionally available. I wanted someone who loved God. no, really loved God, because I wanted someone to, I wanted a man who felt accountable for his actions and had some awareness of it. And I felt like if he loved God and he really followed those principles of present therapy, that I felt like um, he would be more aware of what he was putting out there in the relationship. And um, I wanted someone who was nice. And then all the other things I prayed for, because there was a friend who, Joseph Edwards, actually, who was about to get married. He was a friend of mine who said, pray for all the things that are really, really, really deep and pray even for the frivolous things. So I decided to pray for the frivolous things. Even if all those things hadn't been on the checklist, I would have still been open to it because I was open to the imperfection of perfection. For me, I was. But um, those were all the things that were on, on the list. And a Southern boy, I like country. I'd already
2: been married twice. And so I always liked the idea of being married. I mean, I, that's, it's, a, it's an honorable thing. But obviously when things don't work, you have to let people go. You can't stop your life to try to make something work that's not gonna work. And so, although I had been married, had two kids by my first wife, and then had no kids by my second wife, I really loved being married, but it just didn't work out. And sometimes people just try to make things work out that don't work out. And so, you know, then, but because I wanted to do that and and I'm a believer and I love the Lord, I prayed too. And I didn't know I was gonna meet Viola, but I had prayed that in this next incarnation of whoever this woman was gonna be, that it would be somebody that would love God more than they would love themselves. Because then when you hold yourself accountable to God, then it changes the equation of everything of, of, of what you're looking for and what expectations are. Could you know what your expectations are? Cause what does God want for us? He wants the best. And so then you hold out for the best. I didn't know it was going to be Viola, but it ended up being her. I just think, you know, I, listen, I think some people get afraid when people are really transparent and upfront when you first meet them. But I've always been of the mind. I mean, this is the way we live our life now with integrity and transparency. I'll and so I always think you just need to say it what it like it is. Anything? And I and I think that any woman, yeah. And I think any woman is, you know, when you're looking at a man who's a single guy who's raising his children, there's something about this guy. When you're making that sacrifice, when you realize, you know, hey, I'm an artist. I really want it, my journey wanted to be New York. I want it to be on the stage and do all that stuff and get plucked out of New York. My kids became more important. So then I think then when Viola knew I had raised my kids and we talked about all that, it's just easy because I'm going to tell the truth. I'd just rather be in that spot.
1: Attractive.
2: I'd rather be in that spot than kind of dancing around it.
1: I was 34. And I
2: was 45. But I tried mm-hmm. to tell her I was 41 or something like that. No, you and said
1: 46. Like- I said, 46? He just shaved one year off, and I knew he was... I she knew, he knew had, I
2: was lying. She thought, I, well, I didn't necessarily want to do it. You know, you always say... Because I had had a, an experience with dating another girl before the girl I was with when I was dating at the time I met her. And the girl was like, she was a nice girl. I was taking on a date. Somebody had set us up. And then she was like, you're too old for me. I was 10 <laughs> years older than her. And I was like, hey, look. I said, listen, we're just on a date. I said, it's not like we're trying to get married. So then after that, it kind of made me say, well, maybe I need to shave off a year So we shaved off a year. So, you know, then maybe that might me. help was, or whatever. Like, not really a total lie. A little lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were both in a line getting a sandwich. It was like, craps it was a break.
1: Bagel. Like uh, tuna and I was
2: getting a turkey sandwich or whatever that's what I wanted Mm -hmm. and uh I just overheard her talking to a girl in front of her saying oh I don't like LA I don't know anybody here she was kind of complaining and I was kind of like I was dating a girl who was a little bit of a monster (laughs) and I was kind of like oh wow she uh, seems like a nice lady she doesn't know anybody Uh, I'm kind of ready to meet somebody else and so I said, uh, like a good Southern boy, my mom always said if, if a girl likes you, you know, you, you give her your number and if she calls you, she calls you, she doesn't, it's nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? And so at the end of the day, I gave her my, uh, my card.
1: Right. And he had his uh, shirt on,
2: So <laughs> that was a
1: big deal. I, a lot of actors have their shirts off and their there. My cars. card, I had
2: my shirt Perfect. on. I gave her my card and she called me a month later Listen, I, after a week, you usually think if you give a girl your number and you think, hey, she's going to call me and she doesn't call you for a month, you just kind of go, okay, well, I was just being a nice guy. Didn't really, I didn't really think anything of it, but I remembered, I I remembered when she called me a month later, I wasn't like, hey, what's happening? You know, and she was going to a photo op because I was recurring on the show. She was a series regular. So I'd only done the pilot and then I knew I was going to do episode nine. I didn't know what was going to happen beyond that because, uh. Mr. Bochco had said, you know, are we thinking about expanding your role? We're not sure, whatever, but we're going to, you know, we're going to bring you back. And uh, I would imagine that if we hadn't met during uh, that
1: craft service thing, we might not have uh, hooked up. It was total fate because I hated Los Angeles. I definitely, I was in, I was in therapy and not therapy because I was completely damaged. I just, I wanted to live a healthy life. So I said, I'm going to, Be this healthy woman. I'm going to be different than what my parents were. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be healthy inside so I can attract the right sort of man. And I prayed three and a half weeks before when I was at a theater festival. I got down on my knees and I prayed for a black man, ex football player from the South who had kids who was older than me. And I met Julius. And when he gave me his card, I was thinking, he's really nice. He's good looking, there's something wrong. Something's wrong, (laughs) something's wrong. He's, something's wrong with him. (laughs) And so I, I, I didn't call because I had bad credit. I was struggling with driving in LA. And finally, you know, everyone said, you gotta call him. You gotta, I said, you know what? I'm gonna call him. And after our first date, I always tell people, after my first date with Julius, my life got better. Every, every way. Anxiety went away, Um, fear went away. He just made my life better. There was nothing about Julius for me that felt like he was about swagger or about, um, he wasn't a Mac daddy. For my first date, I remember I was terrified because he told me exactly who he was. He was absolutely honest about his past. And then he brought me home and he just said, you are a very beautiful and nice woman. And it was a pleasure spending time with you. And he shook my hand. I remember you shook my hand. <laughs> and then I went in the house, 20 minutes later, he called again. Yep. And I said, you got home already? He said, no, I'm at the Ralphs down the street. But I just wanted to tell you again what a great time I had and what a beautiful woman you are. And I said, oh, okay. 20 minutes later, he called again. I just want to tell you I got home and you are a beautiful woman, I'm about to go to sleep and I just wanted to tell you to have a good night. Four o'clock in the morning he called again because it was an earthquake and he wanted to know if I was okay. Right. And I just have never experienced that level of, of genuineness. It was cool from the very beginning. There was, there was no issues from the very beginning. Right. It was kind of like a, a dream um connection in a way a dream connection that was very real that's the thing with julius it was easy it just was easy and
2: then meeting the kids Mm -hmm. and uh, as far as they were concerned i mean these are these are people that are grown people they were
1: grown by that point you know know what i
2: mean and obviously you know you want your kids to you know um be uh, supportive of you in uh, any relationship that you're in but it's not contingent on what your kids think so I don't think you should ever have yourself in a spot where you're worried about what your kids think I mean obviously if they're younger then you do need to talk to them I think sometimes they because you know they might feel like god you're marrying another guy and what about daddy and that and you have to go through that but when they're grown you know they, they're living a life they have to understand and of course you want them to uh, you know uh, like the woman you're with you can't always count on that <laughs> <laughs> But in this case my kids were fine with Viola and you know and this was for Viola was Viola I mean it's kind of like that's kind of a weird thing to say but it's like she her career wasn't where it was and it's no. just like we were two actors whatever and she had all this immense talent and all that but you know only God knows what's going to happen. And then as things happen and as you put God first, then He just he sets the template for it how things are gonna work. You know. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's what was great about it, is that they were just cool. Oh it was, three and a half years. Yep, three and a half years. Because my whole thing was that I wasn't in debt, but I wanted to pay debt off. <laughs> And so it's kind of like one of those things where you start, you know, first, we don't want to live together because, you know, you're in church. and You're going, oh, God, we're living together and we're not married. And I was talking about it all the time. And she was like going, you know, well, if you're going to talk about it. You got to be about it. Right.
1: And uh, so. (laughs) Now, see, I had bad credit when we met, you know, so I was, you know, I had a credit score of 500 and something. And I was that's why I didn't call him for a month. I was so nervous until I finally told him. I sat him down. And I said, Julius, I got the I got some news for I just have to, I've been keeping it from you. And he was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay, what it, what is it? And I said, Julius, I have bad credit. He said, I knew your black ass had bad credit from the moment I met you. But that's all right. I got good credit. We can use up my credit. That's OK. And so it took a minute. You know, I mean, I, and then, you know, but
2: that couldn't be an excuse. That couldn't be an excuse of, you know, saying, you know, because I'm in debt, I want to wait and all that. And that was just part of just kind of wanting to be out of, out of debt. And I, as I had said earlier, I like the idea of being married. It's just that I just I just think it was just kind of like. Getting ready to do it again and like like not wanting to carry anything into the new marriage and all that And then Viola was really thinking about you know moving to New York and then she said well you will you you know Move to New York and I and I was telling her that I would and she was thinking "Oh, You don't want to live in New York and I was and I really was because it's kind of like Getting to the I was like in LA. I said it's time to kind of do something different and she didn't think I was but I was and uh, but you know it's one of those things where we just kind of...
1: New York is hard living.
2: I just kind of said, you know, it's time to really make the commitment. And then we finally, we finally, I finally went on the knee and did it. And then we got married. Yep. That's how it happened. This woman would get married every week if she could. And I told her, I said, you know, I'd be happy to provide
1: a cardboard cutout. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he loves it too. I'll come down for the food. <laughs> the first wedding was 15 people at right. a condo. And then the second one was the big reception in Rhode Island with my family. And then the bar, okay, I'm addicted to weddings. I might (laughs) as well say. I mean, sometimes I try to sweep it under the rug, but I love it, everything about it. I mean, turning 50 was a milestone. And there always comes a time in your life where you always know something, but then you get to a point where you can articulate it. One of the things I understand about marriage is That it's the everyday. Mm -hmm. People don't always marry the everyday. They marry the kind of now, kind of wow, and then it gets to the every single day the going to bed, the waking up, the taking the groceries, getting the groceries, taking out the garbage, and loving each other through that. And I remember telling a friend of mine who was about to get married I said, Your marriage doesn't start when you say, I do. Your marriage starts when you look over at your partner and you want to kill him. You want it, you're looking at them going, for, for seconds or sometimes minutes or longer, you're thinking, I cannot believe I married this human being. They are driving me crazy. And then the next minute you say, I love them more than anything, and I'm sticking with it. That's the moment your marriage starts, when you understand all of the imperfections, when you even understand that it could end. If you, if you mess it up, this could end at any minute. That it could be completely destroyed. One or the other can die. You -hmm. know, when all the romanticism has left it, but the love, truly what the love is, remains, You, when you understand that, for me anyway, you want to celebrate it. And for me, that's what the vow renewal was all about. And all all of the poetry and the monologues, which were great, if you were there, you would see it and you would understand it were basically uh, spoke to that, spoke to real love and real commitment. When you're married to someone, you support
2: them. I mean, I'm big on supporting my wife. Whatever's going to make her happy, you know, that cliche, happy life, happy, happy wife, happy life. Uh, You know, that's true. And so you do go with it. But then you also have, you know, I'm at an age now where you understand that time is it's not, it's short. Yeah. And so then you need to celebrate and you need to step into things w- while you can do them. So it, it was an opportunity for us to really share our love again and uh, and just allow our friends and everybody to be part and party to what's real. You know, about being married and that's about Loving your partner, supporting your partner, no matter what, and so uh, it was. It was a great night. I mean, I, I awesome. mean, we got lost. I mean, I I lost myself, and it was such a celebration. And everybody there was like, golly, man, this just felt so good. You know, I've been to more. I've had you know several people. So I've been to more lavish things. I've been to whatever, but the joy, not just our joy, but everybody's. Joy fought us, and them being part of that and seeing that was like
1: because you know we it, have, have a five year old. Buy it, and I'm about to be fifty one, and Julius is going to be sixty three in December. That's right. So that time element that Julius talks mm-hmm. about, let me tell you something, honey. That's what you think about all the time. Mm-hmm. When she's twenty, how old am I going to be? I'm going to be around? Am I going to be healthy? So then you, you, you know? yeah.
2: So then you enjoy life. Oh You yes. just enjoy what you have.
1: Absolutely.
2: You know God's created this incredible blessing in our life, and I, I always have to frame things because God precedes everything. My footsteps are ordered. And I walk in the door. God's already walked in. So when I come in, I become known. And that's the way we feel about our marriage. Our marriage is like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's God-filled. And so that we honor that. But nothing's perfect. It's no. not perfect. And we argue just like anybody else. But, you yep. know, I mean, you can agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, you got to live tomorrow. You don't want to live what happened yesterday, tomorrow. So then at the end of every day, if there needs to be reconciliation, there needs to be reconciliation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somebody's got to say, I'm sorry. You got to be able to say, I'm sorry. You got to have well, the good listening skills, being able to say, I'm sorry. All those things are really important. And this little thing right here yeah, will get you in trouble because you can always take back what you say, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be forgotten. Yeah. So you have to be careful mm-hmm. of the things you say to your partner. Because they'll never be forgotten, you might think they are, but they, they're never forgotten. Yeah. And so then you have to pay attention to that. And um, yeah. you know, and don't let the sun down go, don't let the sun go down on your anger, right? We always resolve it. It may be three or four hours before we don't talk. A few doors get slammed here, there. Never. Okay. Never. never,
1: never, <laughs> never, never, never,
2: never. <laughs> and it's all good. You know, you might have to take a hike. You got to go somewhere. You come back and and then
1: finally you come together. Definitely it's a learning curve, right? Being married, you know. And, um, I mean, he talks about, like, hours or whatever. We're pretty good. We we don't last too long when we get mad. I don't think. But I do slam a couple of doors. But (laughs) what the thing, the gift of getting married for me... Once I did therapy and once I did the journey of being more self-aware of myself and what I put out there is the understanding that marriage is a commitment. And people don't understand what commitment means. It's like our profession of acting. You see someone after 20 years going, oh, you know, I, I wanna get out of it. You know, I'm rejected all the time and it's hard. And people say, I'm not cute enough or I'm not this. And you get angry, it wears away at your spirit. But you, when you go through all of that, one of the things you have to remember is commitment is total. That means even with the hard times or whatever, your, the agreement that you made, that you're gonna stick with each other means that even when it gets hard, you are going, you basically, you almost die to yourself when you get married. You die to yourself. You die to, not that you don't have your own needs, but your needs have got to meet the needs of the whole. They do. That's the agreement. And so I understood that when I got married. That's what I, I understood. Actually, that was one of the sayings at our wedding there is but one degree of, of, of commitment, total. That's it. He gives 100%, I give 100%, not
2: 50-50. Yeah, it's that give and take, you know. It's that give and take, you know. You have to agree to disagree and then uh, move forward. You know what I mean? In love and understanding and, you know. I mean, it's a great thing. It's a great thing to really have a wonderful uh, marriage. Somebody who you can uh, feel really, uh, You can confide in that you can, and that doesn't mean you have to tell your mate everything about yourself.
1: Your mate can't handle everything. everything. I don't ask him if I don't want to know, I don't ask.
0: Hi, everyone. I know you're enjoying hearing from this couple, but I had to take a minute to answer a question we always get asked. Where can I watch the Black Love docu-series? Where can I watch Black Love shows like Couch Conversations, Doula Dads, Male Versus Man, Moms with Coffee? Well, Tommy and I created a solution. The Black Love Plus app is available to download now for free, thanks to our friends at Target. And it includes all your favorite Black Love content, including some of our live events that you might've missed, filmed for you and available now on Black Love Plus. You can download it wherever you get your apps, Apple TV, Roku, your Android, your iPhone. Just do it today. Download the Black Love Plus app.
1: Julius, when we first met and we had our first day, I lived all the way in Marina Del Rey. He was in the valley. In the valley. Van Nuys. And so we were gonna spend the whole day together, just the day, so he had to come with his workout clothes, whatever clothes he was gonna go out on a date with, and so he had a few different um, choices of clothes and then he had his workout cl- and he had them all on a hanger, very neatly folded, <laughs> everything with plastic over them. And he explained each particle of clothing and where he got them from and how much he loved them. He's, and then after the longest monologue, he said, OK, so, uh, uh, yeah, that's it, you know. I said, so, you know what? Why don't you put those clothes in the big closet over there? Just hang them right in there in the big closet. You could, I I said, as a matter of fact, you can take my clothes out of the big closet, put your clothes in that closet, and uh, let's have the day together. And I knew it was magic from then on, you know, that I just stood there and I enjoyed the whole monologue. I thought it was fabulous that he loved his white jacket.
0: (laughs) Whenever we share clips of Viola and Julius on our socials, the one thing that everyone comments on is how honest they've been with each other since the beginning of their relationship. And that was apparent when we sat down with them in 2016. So as we get on to the second part of the interview, take note of how understanding their own self-worth helped build their healthy, active relationship.
1: One area was adopt adopting Genesis. Because Julius understandably and I understand that even more now he was done yeah. having kids, and I didn't know if I wanted to have and then I had I had the baby urge and by that point I was in my 40s or whatever and I wanted to adopt and that was a it was just a cha- more challenge a challenge than anything a else. little but then you
2: know it was one of those things where I said obviously we gotta you know really think about this. We, we got to pray about it. And then you know me being the head of the household, then I have to pray about it because I had been really transparent with her when we met, when we met at the, you know at the beginning. And I was like, I really don't want kids. I already had kids. I got grandkids. I don't really want to have kids. But once she decided she wouldn't want to have a baby, I mean, I wouldn't have thought I would have a baby now, but it's the greatest thing that's happened to both of us. And then I prayed about it and I said, you know what? You want to have a baby? You want to get a baby? Let's go get a baby. It wasn't hard. Listen, I was a single father for 17 years with two kids. I was a single guy with two kids, an actor, a probation officer. I mean, I already lived a life. I know what life is. So then getting a baby was it wasn't it's just like getting off the horse. You know how to ride it, but you had not ridden it in a while. So when this baby came, it was like, okay, I already got experience with babies. My babies were three and a half and one and a half when I took custody you know so and me I was
1: like she's not eating anything she didn't have one bite of food for breakfast and Joyce said B she'll eat when she wants to eat she won't starve to death <laughs> I don't know Julius I don't know it was all everything. those uncertainties everything. for her no those
2: certain those things for me were things that I already knew so then once we got the baby it was easy because I could help alleviate her fears about certain things because I already done that so then it makes me have a different appreciation for what women do because I know I know the road because I did it so guys can't tell me about what women do that it's easy it ain't easy raising kids you know it's not But you know, it really—it didn't change our dynamic. I don't think. I mean, it was just like this—this person coming in the house. It was just—and it's not that's not bull either. Yeah, it really hasn't. It didn't change our dynamic at all, really. You know, since I'd already had kids, Viola kind of, you know, got used to the fact of being a mom and doing. And I was always telling her, "You're doing a great job, whatever." Because sometimes she'd have. You know these doubts that um and i would be going don't be worrying about that that's a kid da, 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 da. you know and then over time it you know she was okay with things and then uh but it didn't really for really didn't affect our just day-to-day life no more than knowing now we have the responsibility of this child so now we got to get a nanny we got to do this we got to make sure of that you know it's like those kinds of things but in the house Nothing really changed.
1: I'm about to be 51. It's about to be 63. So, um, yeah, we go off. We have hotel dates where we go off, you know, overnight. You know, we do that when we're not tired.
2: But, you know, when you work so much, too, and now, you know, we have this production company and you're working, you're grinding, you know, you just you have to give yourself the time. You have to find the time. You have to find the time.
1: And you have to redefine time. That's right. (laughs) you really do even if you have 10 minutes here
2: that's right I mean you just have to take advantage of everything you know that you can free time that you can get so you can connect
1: if one if one goes before the other you know what I'm saying if one gets sick and not sick for for a long time
2: you know long-term what are your wishes all All of those those
1: conversations that people don't want to have even when they're single You know, and all of a sudden you have to have them with another human being and what are their values when it comes to that, you know? I could say what my biggest challenge is, but, you know, that ebbs and flows. I mean, I
2: I think, you know, I mean, obviously having differences of opinion about opinions about certain things with me, sometimes, you know, I I tend to feel like, listen, I'm kind of... uh, very kind of uh,
1: ex football player.
2: Yeah, but more than that, I'm um, not necessarily an expert, but <laughs> I uh, sometimes kind of like to want to do things a certain way, especially the way I like the house to be kept. I'm really organized. I'm really like not OCDC, I would say, but you know I'm kind of you know a neat guy. And uh, so I kind of like things to be a certain way. My wife doesn't necessarily care about that as much as I do. And so I'm always telling her when I met her, I remember the first time when I met her and I was in her bathroom, the caps were off of everything. Stuff was everywhere and I was like, wait a minute. And I remember she came home to her apartment and when she came back, everything was, the caps were on everything, everything was Spotless. neat. And then she was saying,
1: "He scrubbed the." Tub.
2: she said, why did you do that? And I said, because this is what I do. I said, now listen, I said, don't worry about what I do. I said, this is what I do. So in our marriage, it's like now because I'm that way, I tell my wife, "If if I say something about it and I'm doing it, you don't have to help me do that. So I think that's kind of a challenge. That's something we kind of go back and forth with, but I always relieve her of that on my part. And that's not
1: like a major kind of thing, but You know, but it is kind of me. The hard part for me is my independence. I was very independent when I met Julius. I was the hardcore New Yorker, theater, (laughs) going to public theater, you know, with my backpack on, doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And that's always the hardest part when you get married. It's like, I like to disappear. Like, go to a bookstore, get a little sushi dinner. I'm very much a lone wolf. That's been the hardest part.
2: And see, I'm much more gregarious, so I kind of like to be around people. I like to talk. My wife is quieter and uh, and I support her. I mean, she wouldn't be on one red carpet if she didn't have to. And the only reason I'm there, and people say, well, you always seem like you're just so relaxed, whatever. I'm going like, because I'm there in support of my wife. It's not about me. It's us together, but I'm there because I know she doesn't want (laughs) to (laughs) be. I I can be more comfortable in that space than she can, but it's about her. But she's more comfortable because I'm there rubbing her back, you know, going, you know, it's okay. We're going to get through this. Let's let's be sober.
1: And you know, here's the thing with me, too. I don't try to control a lot of things. Like, for instance, Julius is a clean freak and I allow him to be the cr- clean freak. You know why? Because I don't want to clean. I want it clean, so I said, let him do whatever he wants to do. That's the way my mama raised me, what can I say? I'll, I'll give That's that up. That's what I do. If, you know, if, if we're, if he wants to make any decision about the household, I allow him to do it because I don't want to do it. I'd rather go to Burke Williams for the day, or I'd rather go out into the jacuzzi, so I allow him to do it because I look at the things that I actually really care about controlling, and those are, not, those are not high on my list. So I let it go. And also because I understand it makes him happy. And when he's happy, it creates a whole different dynamic in our relationship. So it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make, you know? Some people don't wanna do that because they can't press the fast forward button. It's like, I'm gonna control it now. Well, it's not gonna be a good outcome, but no i want to control it now i could press the fast forward button he's very happy doing it so i let him do it especially when he starts raking the leaves and blowing the leaves outside cuz i ain't doing well, that well you know
2: it's like all these things like when you when you're when you're the, when you're the head of the household it becomes you have your career right so you have you're doing that thing too but you also have you know all of these other things when you're running a household and you have employees and you have accountants and you have financial people and you have you know all those things and so then i always because her schedule has always been what it's been then i have to handle all that stuff so it's not like it, it's it's easy for the the guy either you know to handle those things but you want to handle that so then there's no pressure there's no pressure on her And there's a little bit of pressure on me because I have to keep everything, but because I'm organized, I don't feel that much pressure because I just get it done because I know I have to get it done, but I have to do it. I have to tell these people I have to talk to the pool guy. I got to talk with the guy who's cutting the yard. I got to talk to the woman who's taking care of the house I gotta tell my employees this is this is what's going on blah blah, blah whatever so then that way that frees her up so it's you know it's the give-and-take it's the things that 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 she does I allow her to do and then she allows me to do the things the realism that I do. of
1: marriage always yep. kicks in and I I feel like if my my fantasy what I imagine is that's what trips people up who's paying the bills, mm-hmm. um, or or where where's the money going to come from, or who's, uh, are you spending too much, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, uh, who, who who are you going out with, um, are you telling the truth, I, I, I don't know, all the things that you don't think about when you meet someone and your heart is palpitating, you know, and then it trips you up once you're in it,
2: but. And that's the thing too, and a thing like with us, the whole thing with money, We've never had a problem ever, ever, ever. Not one. My wife, I mean, cause I know my wife, who she is and herself and she knows who I am. And so we've never had a money issue.
1: Period. Well that's cause when we Not first once. met, I had 99 cent sheets <laughs> and they were a dollar, 99 pots. Right. Cause I got yeah, them a dollar yeah, store the dollar cause store. I was a struggling actor in my apartment. Now his apartment, nice. My apartment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that uh, I'm malleable. I am uh, I can kind of get in where I fit in. And, and with my wife, because she's easy in terms of her personality and her heart and her spirit and all that. And it's, it's really easy for me to love my wife because she, she, you know, she has so much faith and belief in me that um, I understand who I am. And sometimes say, people say, well you're married to Viola, how does, it, how does that feel? Doesn't feel like anything because I know who I am. You have to know who you are, especially in our business when you're with, some, with an actor or an actress who's elevated and all that and that's not necessarily, you're not you know, elevated in the same way, but actually you are. If you're a real mate, if you really know who you are, If you know what your value is. And so for me, you know, Viola's always supported me. I support her. So I've just learned that, you know, my wife is is complete. You know, she's just a complete person, not any different from anybody else. And the greatest thing about Viola is that she's just regular. We live a regular, regular life. And we could be out in the street, but we don't need to be in the street it's not important what's important is family what's, what's important is family and love and you know and doing the work that we love to do and you know providing opportunity the things we that we're moving forward with and we're just looking at every day as a you know as an adventure because we're we're, we're, we're really in it we're in a great time so we're going to take advantage of that time and affect as many lives and as many people as we can in our world because you can't change the whole world, but you can change things where you sit, and that's where we are.
1: The greatest thing I learned about myself is exactly what I learned even with my child, is I am proud of uh, my ability to love and my capacity to love. And I mean that in the truest definition of what love is, that I understand that um, loving through the hard times I understand giving even when maybe someone can't give me anything back. I, you know, I, I, I understand um, being patient. I understand all of those things. And you know what? One more thing. I remember seeing this on an episode of Golden Girls. And I can't remember, believe I'm mentioning Golden Girls. Where Bea Arthur's character says... Um, uh, one, of, one of the, Betty White said, so what What do you want in your next husband? And she said, I want someone to grow old with. And I thought, okay, well, of course you want someone. And she said, because Stan never wanted to grow old with me. And for some reason, it struck me much later that that's what most people don't want. They want the young, they want the cute. And as soon as you stay that way with your body, with your sensibility, It's all great, and then when you get older, you change. You change physically, you change emotionally, and a lot of people are not in it for the long haul. They're not in it for the changes. They're not in it for the health scares, or I don't know, the death. They're not in it for that. And I literally do want someone to grow old with. I do, I understand what all those elements are. I saw it with my mom and dad when he, when she had to sit next to his deathbed. That's marriage, that's love, that's commitment. You telling somebody to go, you holding their hand, that's it. I was liberated from my New York experience. You have to realize I went to New York, I'm, I love New York, that's my city. But I came to New York from Central Falls, Rhode Island. Once I got to New York, one of the things I understood is I was trying to escape that provincial life. But in the midst of, you know, bad boyfriends, wanting a home, wanting a life, I realized that that's exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I wanted, not that I'm saying that my husband is provincial, but I wanted something secure. I wanted something tried and true and honest and real. That I didn't necessarily want the caustic tongue and someone who's like, oh, oh, forget, you know, a house with staircase and the lawn. You know, I want something different, funky. Duh, duh, duh. I was liberated from that. I wanted the house. I wanted the white picket fence. I wanted the husband who loved me. You know, I wanted country. I did.
2: And for me, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, yeah. listen, I just wanted to be with someone who. Uh, as I said earlier, love God more than they love themselves. And, uh, you know, um, and somebody I can have a life with. That would be, listen, love's not easy. Marriage is not easy. It's, it's, it's work. But it's worthy work if you have the right attitude. You know, at, attitude is, is 90% of it. How you carry that, you know, when things aren't so going so well, and that. So, it's just been, you know, I just wanted somebody who loved me, and we could love each other, totally and nice. be together, and be easy. Remember
1: when you first met? It's not worth the drama.
2: When I said I wanted no, someone,
1: I want someone who loves me. You said I love you. I want someone who's emotionally available, Julius. I'm emotionally available. I said, I want someone who really, really, really loves God. He said, I love God. And then I stood there, and he stood there. And I said, OK, so um, can I drive your car today? And that was it. That was the conversation. Well, I think that a greater part of the population do- does not rely on self-awareness as an active method in matchmaking um i think that's the last thing that we do is take responsibility for our lives i mean we live in a whole culture of entitlement you know you know with no sense of responsibility but i wasn't there so a light bulb went off on my head you know off in my head i remember when i asked a very good friend of mine i said you know what Why do I always meet really crazy men? (laughs) Why? And she stared at me. She said, Biola, did you ever think it was you? And we both stared at each other. I was like, really? And that was it. I listened. You know, um, I don't know how else to to say that. I, I was fortunate that I woke up. That I woke up. Yeah, because it could have been a,
2: a, a situation, you know, oftentimes people who could possibly be soulmates or be something, you know, you could see something, but you just pass each other because either one or both aren't ready or one person is ready when somebody else is not ready. So it's pretty rare when two people meet each other and then there's a connection that can be lasting. Um, and that's what I felt we had. Once we once we really connected, it was just it was something there between us that was just right, you know. Felt good.
1: Well, I remember the first thing I started working on is, you know, I remember this therapist would say, "I just want you to observe your life and to make revelations." And I thought, "Nah, nope, not paying you for that." But it's true when you become really awake and you start thinking about. Really be cognizant as you're making interactions with people and you're aware of when you feel insecure. You're aware of when you feel anxiety. Okay, what's happening when I'm feeling anxiety? What's happening when I'm feeling insecure? And then you say, okay, that happened. So why did you feel insecure about that? And then you associate it with maybe, I don't know, failing the third grade spelling test and someone calling you a name and you never getting over that hurt and you're like, that's what it is. It's not that person at all. It's because it's me, because I remember I associate with that third grade spelling test. And then that is the journey of self-awareness. And that is the greatest gift I could give to Julius, that, for me, so that I don't pile that stuff into our marriage and pile it onto him and pile it onto my kid.
2: Always listen to one another be able to agree to disagree, and don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's a big one. The sun can go down, but by time morning, resolve what's happened the day before. That's a big one. And that way you don't have to carry yesterday into your today. Everything's forward, that's backwards. We're moving forward every moment. We just lost the moment, we're already forward. That's the way we have to think in our marriage, and our relationships.
1: And one other thing, because a friend of mine said this at her wedding, what part of her vows was, she said, I'm, I'm promised to love you exactly how God made you. Do not try to change each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of listening. If someone says, right. this is what I want, you don't try to manipulate it because you don't like the sound of it. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. That's what they mean. Just shh, be man enough and woman enough to take it.
2: You know, I mean, love is, uh, marriage is, uh, is a commitment. And um, that's the way you have to look at it. You have to look at
1: marriage as a commitment. And you don't get, like I told said before, it's not 50-50. It's 100 100- One hundred, And whenever you're on automatic, like I said, then you're not in it. You are not in it. Um, And my big thing is what I tell everyone, too. When you see the imperfections of your spouse, that one thing you thought you'd never marry, that one thing that turns you off, that one thing may never change, ever. You still going to love them? It's like my therapist said to me, what if nothing about you that you don't like, what if those things never change? Would you be okay? Could you still love yourself? And I said, yeah. So you can love your spouse through it too. I
2: you think, know? you know, obviously it just seemed like this was this was a fate filled thing. She had prayed, I had prayed. You don't know in the universe how things are gonna work out. I went to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I went to a thing with Edwina, the time I went to the uh, the prayer thing where there was going to be oh, a yeah, guy I. who prophesied, and all of a sudden, you know, sometimes people in the universe, it seems like things just kind of happen, soulmates, those things, you know, it feels like you've been somewhere before, and you kind of go, it seemed like I did this before. So yeah, there's something about this thing. I prayed, she had prayed, and we came together, and it seemed so easy the way it happened, and so kind of unlikely, but... It felt right. You just know when it's right. And so from that standpoint, it just felt like
0: oh, yeah. And then we were
2: easy with each other. It wasn't like it was a struggle. The differences were so different that it would make it kind of hard to get together. It wasn't like it was joyous from the very beginning. We were very joyous to see each other when we saw each other. We were just like always happy to see each at the beginning. You know, because but, there was something about her.
1: But, you know, I do, in, I do believe in soulmates because I prayed for Julius. And look, he was a football player from Texas, had kids, older. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things were true. But I do believe in the saying, the happily ever after comes after you've done the work. I don't believe that you need to coast on the fact that the universe was in alignment and the sun and the moon was doing that and God granted you your wish. I don't think, you know, it's like someone said, if you're married and you're sitting on the couch and you're just on automatic, then you're not in your marriage. So I know that it's something that I still have to contribute to, if that makes any sense. not that you're asking that, but I think that some people feel like if it's a soulmate, then hey, they're right from the very beginning, you know? It's like going down a great hill, you know, on skis. No.
2: And then for me, there was something about discernment. There's something about sitting quiet. You know, when you when you have a relationship with God, then what it, what it allows me is to be able to be accountable. It, it allows me to be able to sit quiet. So after I met her and it felt so right, Over time, every day, I'd just sit and ruminate. I'd just think about her and how easy it felt. And then stuff started feeling good because it feels right. The connection is right. And so that was... That was, it just became easy. It just felt right. It felt right We like had we a lot of laughs. And a lot of laughs. Because oh, you know, that's man. the thing, and I'm sure you guys do too. That's had. everything. That's everything in any relationship. The more you laugh, the better. Uh, and we do. laugh all the time.
1: Tears, tre- tears, tears streaming all down. Laughters stuff. Laughter, it's crazy. Everything. But laughter is the,
2: it's one of the main keys. It's a lot of funny things in life, even some serious things yep. are funny. <laughs> Find the funny, right? <laughs> you get married to somebody. You're singular. He's singular. You come together. Yep. And then there's two in one. That's right. And so then when you really, really get to that stage of where you understand that that love's got to be intertwined, those hearts have to be intertwined, uh, and that's what I loved about it, because my wife's going to say what she said. But for me, that's what it, that's what it means. It's two people t- trying to be one, but still, you know, uh, having your own individual personality, but having the same heart as you move forward in life.
1: And that's probably not politically correct, but I'm sorry, that's what life is all about. When my dad passed away, I part of my heart passed away with him, and it's never coming back. I feel the same way about Julius. I feel the same way about my child. It's one heart. They are completely um, entwined in my spirit, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's, that's what it's about yep. at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. End of the day. <laughs>